Amen. You love Jesus? Say amen. amen. Thank you for coming back Sunday night. I appreciate your faithfulness. Thank you for uh, loving the Lord. And what a tremendous, tremendous crowd. I was telling Pastor that uh, it's amazing to see how you've grown. I remember I, remember I, came, back, I came here several years ago, and uh, it was not this big. And so I'm just thankful that you're here tonight. Thank you for being faithful. I've been blessed with uh, the testimony. Brother Gerber, thank you so much. What a, what a great testimony. And God put in my heart to just, just we've got to pray for that ministry. We have to pray. And sometimes um, uh, we, we just fail to pray and ask God to help us. And so if you allow me, can we pray for the Gerbers and the ministry there in, uh, in India? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for being good to us. And Lord, I thank you for the Gerber family. Thank you for their love for you. And what a blessing it is for me to meet them today and, and how my heart has been stirred for, for India and for the world, Lord, because of uh, the video this morning and their testimony and, and just spending time with them. And Lord, I just think of the, uh, those children, Lord, they need you. And Lord, I just pray that you would use this family and and help them, Lord, and provide the money for them and, and the funds and the workers so that they can reach many children for you, Lord, and that many would be saved and reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we promise to give you the praise, the honor, the glory for what you do. Thank you so much, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30. Thank you for being faithful Sunday night. What a tremendous crowd. I really appreciate your faithfulness. Thank you so much. And if you can, please come back on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, I know it'll mean a lot to me. And of course, it'll mean a lot to your pastor if you can do that. So please, please, please be faithful. And uh, I believe God's going to speak to you if you show up to every service. Amen. God has something for you, but you have to show up. Amen. And I know sometimes on a Monday night, it's tiring. Some of you work hard and I, I thank you for that. But um, nothing will ever substitute your presence. So please be, be present. And, and, I, and I pray the Lord speak to your heart tonight and, and throughout the week. And once again, I thank you so much for being faithful. Thank you, Pastor Lejeune, for allowing me to be here. Uh, I've been blessed. You've been such an encouragement to me. And uh, thank you so much. And, and uh, the church here has been an encouragement to me. You've, um, you've been supporting us now for many, many years and uh, God has used this church uh, in Puerto Rico, and I'll say something about that later on in the message, and I know you'll be blessed. First Samuel chapter 30, and we're going to read verses uh, 6 all the way down to verse number 10. And if you would follow along there, verses uh, 6 all the way down to verse number 10. The Bible says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because... The soul of all the people were, all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to uh, Abiathar, uh, the priest, uh, Abimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after uh, this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and his six hundred men that were with him, and, became, and came to the brook uh, Bezor, that says there, then were those that 
were left behind stayed, and verse 10, but David pursued uh, he and 400 men, for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook uh, Bezor. Uh, let's pray. Father, we love you, and I need you, Lord. Help me to be a blessing to this precious, precious church. Thank you, Lord, for uh, each family here tonight. I pray you'd meet with us, and I pray, Lord, your word would just have liberty, and I pray, Lord, you would challenge us to love you more, to do more for you, and I thank you for this great church. Lord, it's hard for me to preach this church. Uh, you're using them greatly. You're doing great things, and Lord, it's, uh, it's hard. It's difficult to preach to them and encourage them and to challenge them to do more, but Lord, you know the need. You know the hearts, and uh, thank you so much for what you're doing in this ministry. We love you, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, David was probably, probably one of the greatest Christians in all the Bible, if not the greatest. And yes, we all know about his sin with uh, Bathsheba. We all know uh, uh, all the wrong he did there. And yes, God punished him for that. But there's not another man in the Bible where God called him a man after God's own heart. He was uh, a, a real good Christian. He loved the Lord. And in this passage we just read, David was going through a very difficult time. Uh, it was so difficult that uh, uh, his two cities, there were two cities there, they were burned down. And uh, his wives were taken captive and, uh, and his, his children were taken also captive. And the men were upset at David and they were all talking about stoning him. Could you imagine that? Talking about stoning David. And so we know that David was going through a difficult, tough time. There are several things David did, and if you notice in verse 6, the first thing David did, the Bible says uh, he was very distressed, but towards the end of the verse, it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. What a, what a powerful statement. David had to encourage himself. You know, sometimes you're going to have people around you, and they will encourage you, and we all need encouragement many times. Uh, the Bible does say he was uh, distressed, so that means, hey, he was under a lot of pressure, he was discouraged. But uh, you, you'll have people in life that will encourage you many, on many occasions, but there will be times where there'll be nobody around to encourage you. And in this case, David was in one of those moments. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, his wives were kidnapped, the cities were burned, his children were taken captive. Uh, the, the Bible says they cried, they cried, they wept so much that they had no more strength to cry anymore, you know, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Notice the second thing he did in verse number 8. In verse number 8, the second thing he did, and David inquired at the Lord. Now, what does that mean? It, it means that he prayed. He asked God. He, he made a request to God. He said, God, what should I do? Uh, what am I supposed to do? And you know, prayer is, is always there. Are you listening? Uh, somebody once said, if you only pray when you're in trouble... He said, then you're in trouble. <laughs> uh, see, uh, if that's the only time you pray, when you're in trouble, then guess what? You are in trouble. Uh, there was a, a, a famous evangelist. His name was John R. Rice. Uh, he, would, he would always say this. He said, every problem is a prayer problem. And sometimes uh, we just need to go to God in prayer. Amen? And ask God for his help. And that's what David did. He prayed. He asked God for, for help. Uh, and prayer, you know, God still answers prayer. You know, today is uh, 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 March uh, 27. Hey, listen, God still answers prayer. Amen? God still answers prayer. Uh, but we must ask Him. We must pray. 
We must pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. You know, we must pray that God would help these missionaries. And listen, yes, we, like I said this morning, we need uh, all the support we can get. But let me say this to you. Let me remind you, we need prayer. And uh, please, don't forget to pray for missionaries. Ask God to help them. Ask God to give them courage. Ask God to bless their marriages. Ask God to bless uh, the, the ministries where they're serving or, or the places where they're located. But ask God, pray for them. Uh, I, I'm honest with you. Hey, uh, I, I need support, yes, but I, more than that, I need prayer. Amen. And I love to hear when people uh, say, hey, I'm praying for you. That means a lot to me. You know, uh, pray, pray for your pastor. Very, very important. Pray for your pastor. Uh, I, I added your pastor to our prayer list many years ago. I pray for all the pastors that support us, and your pastor is one of them. This church is one of them. So I said, I want to pray for that pastor because I want God to bless and strengthen that pastor and bless that church because that church is a blessing to us. Amen? So uh, pray, pray. Always pray. Realize that you always need God. You always need God. You need God every day. You know, I need God even to breathe. You know, uh, we're breathing God's air. We're walking on God's earth. Amen? We need the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer. The Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall what? Humble themselves and pray, you know, pray, you know, and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, uh, we need God to heal our land. You know, um, you know, I love America and so do you, but America is not what it used to be. You know, we're cha- America's changing. You know, we're living in times where, you know, good is bad and, and bad is good. You know, we're, we're living in times where sin abounds. Are you listening? We're living in very difficult times and, uh, uh, we need God to, to give us a revival. We need God to, to heal our land. We need Christians to go back to God and pray and say, God, we need your help. Please help us. We need the Lord's help. My pastor, Brother Hiles, he would always say this. He would say, pray as if everything depended on God. They said, and work as if everything depended on you. You know, we must go back and, and pray. But notice the third thing David did, and here's the message tonight. If you look at verse number 10, verse number 10, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 10, it says there, but David pursued. Now, what does that mean? You know, he was going through a hard time. You know, the, the, the cities were burned down. The, uh, the wives were, were, were taken captive, and so were the children. The men wanted to stone him, to kill him. But David, he uh, encouraged himself in the Lord. He inquired of the Lord, but the third thing he did was he pursued. What does that mean? It means that David kept going. He just kept going. And there will be times in your life where, where you just got to keep going. You just got to keep going. Just keep moving forward. i never forget back in 1998... God called us to go to Puerto Rico. And, uh, you know, we, we were in Chicago. We were, we were doing well. We were blessed. I had a great job and, and, well, many, many blessings. But the Lord called us to go to Puerto Rico. And, and people don't understand that because uh, many people don't understand when God calls you somewhere and you just, you know, you let go of a high-paying job and you turn in your resignation letter and then you go somewhere and you just start at scratch, start at zero. And... Um, but when we got to Puerto Rico, the first, uh, first uh, week we got there, we arrived on a Thursday. i never forget, on Saturday, we went and, and I went to visit some of the new members of the church and, and the families of the church. And I went to one home, and uh, there was a lady. She, she attended our church. 
and uh, we, we, we uh, spoke for a while, we chatted, and uh, that young lady, that lady, she had a son. Her, her, the son's name was Francisco. Francisco was about 18 years old. I talked to Francisco. I told him, Francisco, if you die today, you, you know for sure you go to heaven. And Francisco said, yes, I'm saved. I, I'm, I'll go to heaven. I said, well, tell me, where were you saved? He said, I used to live in Chicago, and uh, there were some buses there in Chicago, and they picked me up, and they took me to church there in Indiana. I don't know where it was. And I said, you talking about the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana? And they said, he said, yes. I said, well, that's the church I come from. And uh, Francisco, he, uh, we, we were so excited talking to each other. Uh, but that night, something tragic happened. That night, when uh, I, it was about 10 o'clock at night, I was sleeping, and uh, my phone rings. And uh, it was Francisco's mom. She said, Pastor, Pastor, please come to the house. Pastor, please come to the house. And I said, what happened? What happened? She was just crying. Pastor, please, please come to the house. What happened? said, somebody uh, murdered my son. I said, Francisco? Yes, Francisco. So I, I, I made it to the house. And when I got there, Francisco was lying there in the floor right in front of his house. He was uh, just in a, in a puddle of blood. And uh, one of his friends came by, and his friend uh, uh, just had, he just bought a gun. He said, it cost me $500, the gun. And he said, um, he, he told Francisco, let's play a game. Let's play uh, Cowboys and Indians. Uh, you're the Indian. Start running. And he pulled out his gun, and he, uh, he, thought it, he, he thought it was empty, but the gun was loaded. And uh, he shot him right in the heart. And, uh, and Francisco just died instantly. And so we waited that night until the ambulance came and, and they took Francisco. And uh, that, that was my first week there in Puerto Rico, my very first week. i never forget the second week. The second week we were there, um, uh, I, just, I had to buy a car. We needed a car to move around in Puerto Rico. And uh, I bought this car and it cost me $4,500. It was a nice car. It was a nice Oldsmobile. Anybody have an Oldsmobile here? Nobody? But it was a nice, pretty nice car. And uh, it was used, but it, was, it would take me places. And uh, to make a long story short, the car needed some repairs. And so I, um, I, I, I told our deacons in the church, hey, do we have a mechanic in the church? And they said, yes, we have a mechanic. And uh, so they gave me the number. I called them. I said, would you come in and help me fix my car, and I'll pay you, whatever, just fix it for me. And uh, he came, and he took my car. Now, I didn't know that that mechanic, I didn't know he had drug problems. You know, I didn't know he was a new convert <laughs> and that he had drug problems. So he took my car and he pawned it. You know what pawning is, right? He took my car and he pawned it for $130. You know, I had just paid 4500 for that car. It was a nice running car. It was good. But he pawned it for $130. And uh, to make a long story short, I had to uh, call the drug dealers that he pawned it to. And I told them, hey, I need my car back. And they said, you sure? I'll give you a car back. Just bring me $130 and I'll give you a car back. So I went to this, uh, uh, to this land where, where the drug dealers were there. I knocked on a door. The big drug dealer came out. He said, oh, pay me the $130. I paid him. He said, come back in an hour. Your car's going to be in the parking lot of Burger King. And so I came back in an hour. The car was there. The car wouldn't start. The car wouldn't run. You know, I had to get it towed. I towed it somewhere. And... Uh, to make a long story short, my, the car was no good. <laughs> that was my second week we were there. The third week we were there, week number three. Uh, it was on a Sunday. We, uh, we had a service Sunday morning, then we had a service Sunday night. And then when we made it home that night, 
I'll never forget, we were, uh, my wife and I, we were drinking coffee. I love coffee, amen? Anybody here like coffee? Praise God, amen? Without coffee, it is impossible to please God. It's in the Bible somewhere. You know, you just got to understand the Greek and the Hebrews. You can understand that well. But, but uh, we, were, we were drinking coffee that night. And, and as we were drinking coffee, I heard this noise. It was a weird noise in the house. I heard this noise. It was like a It was like a buzz. And they were drinking coffee, and I said, uh, you heard it again. And I finally told my wife, I said, honey, do you hear that noise? I said, what noise? That noise, that, that, that buzz. She said, what noise? That one. She said, no, I don't hear anything. And so I just, I said, honey, that's a weird noise here. And so I, uh, it was a wood house. So I, put, I placed my ear against the, 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 the wall there, and when I put my ear there, it's just louder. I said, oh, man, something's wrong. I, I thought some electrical thing broken or something. I don't know. But um, it was a wood house, and so I grabbed the panels, and I broke them. You know, I used to have a lot of muscles back then. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad you're awake. But, uh, but I, I, I tore the, the I, I was able to open the walls up, and then little by little, bees started coming out of the walls. Bees just came out of the walls. And uh, so right away, I had to dial 911. Now in Puerto Rico, listen, in Puerto Rico, you dial 911, and five hours later, they finally show up, you know. <laughs> You know, I don't, I know here in Connecticut, you know, you dial 911, 30 seconds are there, you know, but not in Puerto Rico. But to make a long story short, I dialed 911 and I told them we had bees in the house. And when I told them that for God's glory, I mean, five minutes later, they were there. It was a miracle, you know. It was, I couldn't believe it. They were there. They, they brought an ambulance. They brought the fire department and everybody was there. They grabbed my wife and me. They took us out of the house. They put us a, a special costume so the, the bees would not hurt us. So we got inside the, the ambulance, and uh, the, uh, the people in charge there, they tore up the wall of the house, and they brought the bees out. And to make a long story short, the guy told me there, the man in charge, he said, Pastor, there were about 15,000 bees there. They said this. I'm not kidding. They said this. They said, if you and your wife would have gotten to sleep tonight, you probably would have uh, not made it the next day. And that was week number three of being there. Week number four. Uh, week number four. You know, and I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just trying to... Week number four. Hurricane George's hit Puerto Rico. I'll never forget September 21st, 1998. That was my wife's birthday. That was her welcoming there to Puerto Rico. And so uh, Hurricane George's came to Puerto Rico. It was a Category 3, but even a Category 3 does a lot of damage. And uh, that hurricane stood six hours in Puerto Rico, six hours, just destroying the island. Uh, it, it, the damage was about $1 billion, uh, you know, overnight. And uh, that hurricane destroyed our church building, destroyed our home. Uh, the roof of our house was gone. Uh, destroyed our refrigerators, but, you know, everything in the house was, was damaged. The church, it took away all the roofs, it, it was, you know. I, I remember going to church and just looking up, and you could see heaven, you know, from inside the church. I never forget telling the people in the church, hey, church, everything's going to be all right, you know. I say, everything's going to be all right. And I look up, right, Lord? Everything's going to be all right? Okay. Yes, and, and that was, that was uh, the message I gave the church. And, and the Lord just, you know, I didn't know what the Lord was doing. And I was saying in my heart, I was saying, Lord, are you, are you sure you want us here? You know, you're talking about the fear of the Lord. You're talking about questioning everything that's going on. And it was just my, my fourth week there. And uh, the river next door to our church came into the church. 
and it left us about three feet of mud inside the church. No water, no electricity. I grabbed the phone to call Brother House. When I, when I called, tried to call, you start dialing. There was no dial tone. There was no communication. And so uh, we're talking about the fourth week there in Puerto Rico. Uh, it caused over $150,000 damage to the church. Uh, it's just one thing after another when we got there. Week number five. Uh, week number five. I never forget when I go to clock in. I, you know, when I went to Puerto Rico, we went there with no support and we went by faith, but we got there. And so I, ha- I had to get a job. I worked for a medical company there. And uh, week number five, when I go to punch in, they said, go see the manager. When I went to see the manager, they said, we're sorry, you've been laid off. There's no work. Uh, you need to go to try to get unemployment. And back there, there were no unemployment extra bonuses of $600 or $300. None of that. None of that. It was just, uh, just whatever they can give you. But uh, that was week number five. And on and on I can go. I can tell you what happened last week. I can help you tell you what happened two weeks ago. I can go on story after story. And I'm not here complaining. I'm not here saying that it was rough or it is rough. I'm just saying, you know, there have been more blessings than all these battles we face. But what I'm trying to teach you is this. The Bible talks about David. It says David pursued. What does that mean? It means that David kept going. And when tough times come your way, you must learn to just keep going. You must learn that lesson. Just keep going. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. There's a song that we sing, Onward Christian Soldier, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. You know, in the Christian life, you're going to have a lot of battles. You're going to have difficult times, but let me encourage you today, just keep going. Just keep going. Don't quit. Just keep marching. Stay in the battle. Keep going. Keep going. You know, uh, I, I think of many times, uh, I like baseball. Anybody here like baseball? You know, in baseball, uh, you're not going to win every inning. Are you listening? You're not going to win every inning. But thank God there are nine innings in a game. And sometimes you might lose an inning or two. But just keep going. If you keep going, you can still win the game. I, uh, I saw a game many years ago, Boston Red Sox against the Yankees. Yankees were winning 9-0. to, nine to zero. Uh, They won every inning till about the seventh inning. Then in the seventh inning, uh, Yankees, one of the players hit a home run. It was 9-1. to one. And then they scored a few runs the next inning, 9-5. Uh, to five. Then in the last inning, they scored many runs. To make a long story short, the, Mets, uh, the Yankees won 15-9. to nine. What I'm trying to say is this. What I'm trying to say is this. You might lose several innings, but you can still win the game. You can still keep going. You can still keep going. I think of basketball. I like basketball also. Amen. How many of you like all sports? Just all sports. Amen. Good. Uh, I like basketball also. In basketball, sometimes you're going to lose a few quarters. You might lose the first quarter. You might lose the, the second quarter. You might lose the third quarter. But if you still keep playing the game, hey, you can still win the game. Uh, I saw a game many years ago, the Lakers against the Portland Trailblazers. The Lakers were losing the game in the third quarter by 20 points. But the Lakers had a player whose name was Kobe Bryant. Amen? You know who Kobe Bryant is, right? He's in heaven. Well, at least we think so. But uh, Kobe Bryant. And they had Shaquille O'Neal. And to make a long story short, they were playing and playing. And the last fourth quarter, they, they scored a lot of points and they won the game. Just like boxing. 
You know, in boxing, you're not going to win every round. You're not going to win every round. But you can keep going, and you can still win the fight. How many of you, you've ever, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know if this happened to you. I know it's happened to me a lot of times. But how many of you, how many of you, you can say, you know, there have been days where I've had bad days. Anybody like that? Okay, good. Welcome to the club. <laughs> you know, sometimes in life, you're going to have bad days. Say, so, hey, hey, sometimes, sometimes you might have a bad week. Anybody here, you ever had a bad week? Anybody? Yes, I've had bad weeks. You know, sometimes, sometimes you might even have a bad month. You know, how many of you have ever had a bad month? Anybody? Anybody? Hey. Hey, let's get, let's get deeper now. Let's get deeper now. How many of you, you've had a bad year? You ever, you, you ever had a bad year? You know, we, sometimes we even have a bad year. But hey, sometimes when you have a bad week, just keep going. Hey, when you have a bad day, just keep going. When you have a bad month, just keep going. And even when you have a bad year, hey, just keep going, keep going, keep going. I, I, I know I've had bad years. And sometimes when I have a bad year, I told my wife, hey, I think every year is like a book. You know, the year's over? Okay, let's go to the next chapter. Let's start over again, amen? And just keep going, just keep going, just keep going, keep going. Keep going for the Lord, just keep going. I never forget when we had uh, two hurricanes. Two hurricanes hit us, I mentioned this morning. And uh, uh, when Maria hit us, it was, I mean, it was, I gave up. I mean, I'll be honest, I just gave up. I gave up. And uh, finally, after a couple, about a week and a half after the hurricane, I was able to drive to San Juan, and I found some signal where I can call, make a phone call. And I called First Baptist Church, and I spoke to Pastor John Wilkerson. And uh, he was in a meeting, but the secretary pulled him out of the meeting, and, uh, and he, he answered the phone, and I said, Preacher, this is uh, missionary Luis Martinez from Puerto Rico. He said, hey, Luis, how you doing? I heard about the hurricane. I heard about this, and how things going for you over there? I said, preacher, I'm calling you because I need your permission. I want to go back. I, I, I don't want to stay here. I said, this place is devastated. There is, this place is depleted. That's the word I used. It's been depleted. Can, can, can I go back? I just want to go back, go back to Chicago. I, said, I told him this. I said, I'm done. We're done here. This is over. And uh, to make a long story short, he said, uh, he said but Louis, um, he said, you're welcome to come if you like. This is home for you. You're welcome to come home if you like. But then he said this, I'll never forget. He said, but Brother Lewis, he said, I believe he said, I believe that now is when Puerto Rico needs you the most. And right away I said, okay, preacher, if you want me to stay, then we'll stay. And then I said this, I said, I said Pastor, can I, can I send my kids to, 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 to Hammond, to Chicago? I said, uh, the, uh, the, medical, the, the hospital's collapsed. Uh, there's a lot of um, crime right now. People are stealing from each other. Um, you know, we can't get any, any medical attention. Can I send my kids, can I send my kids to, 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 to Chicago, to Hammond? And, uh, and he said, he said, Brother Lewis, um, these difficult times, these moments like this, is when you, you need to stay together as a family and these are things that you've got to go through together as a family. And so I told my kids what Pastor Wilkerson said. And so we just decided we're just going to stay there and just, you know, stay there at the Lord's mercy. But, um, but God is always good, amen? God is good. And one of the lessons I want you to learn tonight is, hey, we just got to keep going. Just keep going. Don't give up. Just keep going. God has something for you. God, there's things in your life going on right now. God allowed them.
if they're happening to you, it's because God allowed them. You are a child of God. You're a child of the King. And if God is allowing things in your life today, which you don't understand, hey, let me encourage you, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. I think of a missionary. Uh, his name is David App. This missionary, he went to Mexico. And uh, while he was in Mexico, for two and a half years, he visited a ranch. For two and a half years. And as he visited that ranch, nobody came from that ranch. Nobody would come. But every single week, he would visit that ranch. I personally, I visited that ranch. And to make a long story short, from the main road to where that ranch was, if you would just walk there, which he did many times, it was about a 30-minute walk. And so that missionary, he would walk from the main road all the way to that ranch for like 30 minutes just to trying to reach one family. One family. And when he got there, the family said, no, I don't, you know, I'm, we're not interested. And so he would just go back, and then the following week he would come back again, and they would say, no, no, we're not interested. Please don't come back. Don't bother us. But that missionary had a burden for those people. He had a love for that ranch. And so he just kept going week after week after week. And they would say, no, don't come back here. You're wasting your time. Don't come back. And he just kept going. He kept going. One year went by. And uh, after one year, uh, nobody would come to church. And, and he just kept going week after week, week after week, till after two years, after two years of visiting that ranch, uh, he started to see some fruit. He started seeing the family just being a little bit nicer to him and just maybe a little bit more interested. And then one day after two weeks, after two and a half years, that missionary visiting that ranch, I'm talking about 30 minutes on a dirt road. You know, if you get on a, on a motorcycle, probably 20 minutes. If you, uh, if you rode a bike, maybe 25 minutes. But uh, that missionary, week after week after week, just going back and forth to that ranch. After two and a half years, the mom of that family said, okay, you can take the children to church, take them with you. And so the children started going to church. And, um, and then several weeks went by, and then um, the mom went to church to visit with them. And then, uh, you know, the father wouldn't want to come. The father always said, no, I'm not going, I'm Catholic, I'm not going with you. But finally, after a couple of weeks, the father said, okay, I'll go also. And next thing you know, he had the whole family from that ranch just going to church with that missionary. Next thing you know, the family got saved. Amen. Praise God for the power of, of the gospel. Amen. That family got saved. And uh, all this to say this, well, that family was my wife's family. Had it not been for that missionary, I don't know where my wife would be today. My wife, miraculously, she got a job there with the, with the city mayor in, in Mexico. The mayor is like if he were the president. And so uh, they, they would call the mayor, Señor Presidente. And uh, the mayor was able to give my wife a visa, a visa, not a visa, MasterCard, a visa to come to America. So they gave her a visa. And by a miracle of God, she ended up in California. And one day when she was in California, she attended a, a, a young a, a camp for teenagers. Praise God for teenagers. Amen. Any teenagers here? Glory to God for young people. Well, next thing you know, she went to that camp. And in that camp, uh, uh, she, after the invitation, she got saved. 
And um, to make a long story short, she ended up, she ended up in, uh, in Hammond, Indiana. In that camp, she was saved, and then she was called to preach. Just kidding, just kidding. She surrendered to serve God full time, and uh, she, ended up, she ended up over there in, uh, in Hammond, Indiana. And uh, she ended up in House Anson College. And while we were in college, I met her, and uh, she's the love of my life. We've been married 25 years. All this to say this, I thank God for that missionary. I told our church a few weeks ago, I said, wouldn't you like to be the, the, the church that was supporting that missionary? I, I, I told our church, man, I, I wonder, I wonder, you know, those churches that supported that missionary. I wish I, I knew what churches they are so I can, so I can thank them, you know. Churches supporting that missionary so that missionary can go and, and, and visit there and, 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 and reach those people in that ranch there in Mexico. Wow, what an amazing, amazing um, missionary that was. He didn't know there was a young lady there by the name of Carolina. He didn't know that. Carolina has been used of God. She's won hundreds and thousands of people to Christ in Puerto Rico. And you've supported us. Folks, that's fruit to your account. That's fruit to your account. And all I'm trying to point out is all because of one missionary who just pursued. One missionary that he kept going. When people said, hey, don't come back, he said, I'm just going to keep going. And he kept going and he didn't give up. And he pursued and he prayed and he begged God. And he kept going and he kept going. Till one day after two and a half years, he saw fruit. He saw fruit. I want to encourage you today, would you keep going? Would you keep going? Hey, I know we're all going through tough times. I, I, I feel the inflation in Puerto Rico. When I put gas, I feel it just like you feel it. Yeah, we know it's not easy, but hey, just keep going. Keep helping the missionaries. Keep supporting missionaries. Preacher, can I say something and... And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, but, but you know, church is, is not, you know, now is not the time to say, oh, things are hard now, so let's just cut back on giving the missions. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't cut back, don't cut back on the missionaries. You know, don't say, well, now my budget is kind of tight, so let me, you know, I better fix this a little bit. I, we, we, gas prices went up, so let me, let's just cut the missionaries. No, don't do that, please. Please don't do that. God is using you in a great way to, to reach many missionaries. Would you keep going? I'll never forget my wife. Uh, one time we were out soul winning there in, uh, in Saba, and we were, uh, we were um, visiting a new area. And uh, we, uh, we, my wife and, her, and our son, they were together, my oldest son, Louis. And Louis had about four or five years at that time. He was five years old. And Louis was with my wife, and they knocked on a door. And a young man came out. He was probably in his 20s. His name was Alex Trujillo. My wife didn't know this, but Alex Trujillo was the number one most wanted in Puerto Rico. She didn't know that. She knocked on his door. He was frightened. He thought, you know, who is this lady? She might be an undercover or something. He didn't know. She, he didn't know. So, so he said, uh, said what, what are you doing here? He, she said, I'm Carolina. It's my son, Louis. We're here from the First Baptist Church in Saba. We want to invite you to church. And and, uh, and they gave him a track, and he started looking at the track. And, uh, and he told my wife, he said, 
He said, um, I'm a hitman. My wife did not know what a hitman was. But in Spanish, he said, I'm a gatillero. I'm a, I'm a hitman. And he was. He was the number one hitman in Puerto Rico. He controlled all the drug areas in the, in the island there. We, she didn't know who he was. When, he would, when my wife was talking to him, he would keep telling my wife, hey, who's that young man? Who's that? And my wife said, he's my son. And he, like five, six times, he told my wife, take care of him. Take care of that little boy. Take care of that little boy. And uh, so he told her, hey, um, I'll go to church, but, but today I'm going to Ponce. Ponce? I, I know we have somebody here from uh, Ponce, I believe. And I uh, said, so we're going to Ponce. And uh, he said, if I make it back from Ponce, I got to go take care of some business. He had to go. He was a hitman. He had to go take care of some business, okay? And so he said, if I, get, if I make it out okay, when I, when I return, I'll, I'll go to church. But the truth is, he, we don't know how he came out of that, but he never did come to church. But uh, my wife said to her, here, here, my wife said, here's my New Testament. Here, take it with you. She gave, her, she gave him her New Testament with a track. And uh, to make a long story short, several weeks later, my wife saw in the news that he was the most wanted. My wife couldn't believe it. And then several months later, they finally caught him, and he was sentenced to life in prison. But because while he was in prison, he got saved. And, and because of his good behavior, you never hear nothing like this, but because of his good behavior... Uh, they, they, several years passed, and they let him out of jail. Now he's a preacher. Now he serves the Lord. He's a changed man. I spoke with him two weeks ago. He loves the Lord. And uh, he, now he's going to schools. He's going to places, preaching all over the island, just telling people, hey, don't go down the path that I went through. Don't live that way. Hey, live for God. There's a better way to live. And listen, I think of that missionary, David Apt who for two years and a half, he just pursued. He just pursued. He just kept going. He didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't throw a towel. I'm sure he was discouraged many times, but he just kept going. He kept going. And now that whole family there in Mexico attending church, the father got saved. My mother-in-law was saved. My father-in-law donated property so they could build a church. Now they have a church in that ranch, preacher. And, uh, and, and God is doing great things in that ranch. And a lot of people are being saved. And, and wow, all because of one missionary, one missionary that just kept pursuing. I want to encourage you tonight. Why don't you just keep going? Just keep going. When things get tough, just keep going. Let me say this to you. Tough times do not strengthen your character. Tough times re- reveal your character. Tough times reveal to the whole world what you're made of. Why don't you keep going today? Keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't retreat. Don't surrender. Hey, we're in a war. We're fighting for the souls of men. Hey, the devil's out there. The world is out there. The world keeps getting away from God. They're, 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 they're pumping a lot of lies and a lot of junk into the minds of our young people, even in our schools today. But hey, we have the truth. We have the Bible. We have the gospel. We have the word of God. We must keep going. Hey, sometimes we say, well, it's too hard. Yes, it's hard, but we must keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't retreat. Don't surrender. Hey, Nehemiah once said, should such a man as I flee? Jephthah once said, 
For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. There's a song that we sing. It's called, uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Hey, let's keep going tonight. Those missionaries, hey, they're depending on you. Missionaries all over the world are depending on you. They're, they're, They're depending on you to keep going. You might not understand this, but you're holding the rope. You're holding the rope. God is using you to hold the rope so that many, many, many uh, missionaries can just stay there in the battle winning people to Christ. Missionary Jim Elliott to Ecuador once said this. He said, the will of God will never take you to a place where the grace of God will not sustain you. The will of God will never take you to a place where the grace of God will not sustain you. I'm done already, but just think of David. Hardest day in his life. His wives were kidnapped. His children were kidnapped. The men wanted to kill him. He couldn't cry anymore. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. And then it says David pursued. It means he kept going. Would you keep going tonight? Would you keep going? Would you be like that missionary David app just keeps going? Well, I don't see no results. Just keep going. You know, nobody's at, nobody wants to come. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this church. This is a church that has kept going even during difficult times. And Lord, I pray that you would continue doing a work with this church. Thank you for uh, many, many families here tonight. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to just keep holding the rope. Help us to continue loving you, Lord. Help us to stay in the battle. Help us to not retreat. Help us to not surrender. Lord, yes, sometimes we lose an inning. Let's Keep going. Sometimes we're going to lose a round or a quarter, but we're going to keep going. Lord, help us, please. Please bless this church. For Jesus' sake. Always, Pastor, would you come?